What's up everybody, it's Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from the office desk for now. Um, still have not found a new location to move to. Um, looked at some properties yesterday. Man, there's some good stuff out there. I just don't have three quarters of a million dollars um, unless 75 people want $100,000 restorations all at once. Um, might be able to afford something. <laughs> but until then, I'm going to have to keep looking around. Uh, real estate in Oregon is ridiculously expensive because it's awesome to live here. Um, it's it's getting worse. <laughs> I will say that. it's Oregon is definitely taking a turn. Um, but but for now, it's still awesome. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for uh, everything, the support, the shares, all that stuff. Uh, it is six-ish this morning. It's dark. Uh, it's kind of foggy and cold, which is weird. We don't get a lot of fog here. So um, to have foggy mornings is is a weird, weird thing. But <clears throat> anyway... Um, What's going on? So, still got the birthday cruise March 16th through the 19th, 2019. So, this year, coming up. Uh, coming up quick, actually. Been saving my pennies so I can afford this damn thing. Um, but, yeah. We will be traveling Route 66 from west to east. Uh, I will be driving an international of some sort. You can join in if you would like in your international um, should be a good time, should be a lot of fun, so, uh, you're more than welcome to join in, there's no itinerary, there's no schedule, there's no plan, there's no nothing other than I'll be in Bakersfield at some point on the 16th, and we'll roll until the end of the 19th, and then I am hauling ass home from there, so, um, that's it, um, uh, I don't have show schedules yet, or any of that, but I will start announcing those soon. Um, what else? So I've uh, been moving a little bit. Moved uh, truck, two truckloads of stuff. Well, my truck and Josie Scout um, hauled a load of personal property into just a storage unit yesterday um, because I'm. I got to start chipping away at this elephant um, because if I don't, it's going to be you know five days before I got to be out, and I'm going to have ten thousand things to do. And I've got friends that would help move, but I don't have that many friends. <laughs> so, and they already helped me move once before. I don't think I'm going to ask them again. So I'm kind of on my own for this move, uh, but I'm okay with that. So, um, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, so the move. Part of me moving is I'm a terrible mover, and I end up opening up boxes and shit that has been packed away for years, and <laughs> I was looking in a tote yesterday or two days ago, and I found a bunch of old pictures. Old pictures. Like, well, old for me, but they're from the early 2000s, uh, November... November of 2000, uh, so if I remember right, that means I got my first uh, Scout, my 
read 800, 66, 800 in about September of, uh, of 2000. So I don't know if I was correct in my date. Some of the earlier podcasts, I talk about that scout, and I think I said 2001. But yeah, so 2000. So I'm coming up on, uh, you know, quite a few years of owning internationals, but not as long as some of you guys. You know, I wasn't born into an international family. Uh, you know, my my folks didn't have an international dealership or anything like that. I'd never even seen an international that I remember seeing until I was in high school, uh, you know. But, no, I guess it was middle school. Middle school. A friend of mine's uh, dad had a 1980 Scout, and his son wrecked it, and he put it in the barn to part it out and then never parted it out. And then when I got back into Scouts, I went looking for them and... By then, they had already sold it whole. They just got it out of the barn. But anyway, um, so no, c- compared to some of you guys, I've only been in this business a short time. Um, but, you know, uh, one of the things I found in these boxes of pictures was the competition rock crawler that me and Carl Weiss built. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, we built what I thought at the time was a super slick, uh, wheeler and we built it for the stock class in the We Rock and Cal Rock series of rock crawling events. Um, and stock class was, you know, minimum or I'm sorry, maximum of 35 inch tire um, had to be a drivetrain that was, oh God, how do the rules go? It was like, it had to be the same make. Like you couldn't have a small block in your Jeep. You, you know, if you had a, if you were running a Jeep in this class, you had to have, you know, uh, a 258 or a 304 AMC or something, you know, it had to be something from your, you know, family. So, and it got tricky with us because, you know, technically I could have run a 258 because it was, you know, it was available, but uh, I didn't have access to one at the time. So, um, you know, some of the other rules were, you know, no floor cutting, no holes in the floor. um, So you couldn't run shocks through the floor or anything like that. The only holes you're allowed were for roll cage, roll cage to pass through. Um, no firewall mods, you know, you couldn't cut it out for, you know, clearance or you couldn't lower the body or anything like that for center of gravity. The frame had to be stock and uncut except for safety modifications. Um, you know, and I, or no, the rule said the, no material can be removed from the frame. But it didn't say you couldn't modify the frame. And uh, I thought, you know, I thought about doing a reverse shackle and then taking the plugs from where you drill out the holes, the hole saw, and then weld them to the frame. Since technically didn't remove them, I just relocated them. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's part of the, the game of competition is seeing how far you can 
can bend the rules sometimes. <clears throat> but uh, but no, we didn't go that route. We uh, we stayed shackle forward because that's a better setup for crawling. Um, but yeah, so we built this uh, 64. I believe it's a 64 Scout 80 that Carl had that he got for free because it had no title. And uh, so we ended up using uh, Scout 244s on it. it. Had chromoly shafts all the way around. Um, we used, man, now I'm trying to remember all the shit that we did. Um, high steer on it, of course, being that it was a competition truck. Uh, had a spool in the back. We did a spool because we were kind of poor. Uh, but we did an ARB in the front, uh, which was handy uh, for sure. Uh, we built it on uh, Jeep YJ leaf springs, uh, you know, Jeep Wrangler, you know, 87 to 87 to 95 or 96 um, Wrangler springs, which were way too soft. So they flexed great. I'm not saying that. Those things... This thing twisted up like, you know, like a truck on coils would have. The problem was, is that between axle wrap and just the roughness of, of competition crawling, not having bump stops, uh, not having limit straps, because I didn't know any better at the time, uh, they wore out fast. We ate up a lot of leaf springs. Um, you know, they ended up just arching out backwards real bad. We broke one. Um... You know, they just turned into S's. The axle wrap was real bad because um, they were sprung over, and um, and so yeah, it just I would have looking back, I would have gone with like a 52 inch Chevy, uh, and then run a traction bar and some bump stops and that sort of stuff. Um, I think it would have held up a little better, um, but I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, but we had you know full chromolies, just steel wheels, no bead locks because we couldn't afford that. Uh, I ended up putting a set of the most aggressive tires I could get uh, on my Les Schwab tire credit account um, because I'm a stupid kid and put everything on credit back then because uh, I had a good job and I can make the payments. So fucking why not? Because I didn't know. Um, so yeah, credit is bad, kids. <laughs> don't, 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 don't do like your Uncle Danny and put everything on credit and then have to pay it off for the next five years. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, so what else did that thing have? So Lucas, my friend Luke, uh, I talked to him before or talked about him before being one of my mentors, um, at Granite Motorsports, built a sweet roll cage for it. Uh, was super, you know. It did. It was. It was a very sturdy and solid cage, but it was very minimal as well. Because, in the grand scheme of competition rock crawling, you're going two miles an hour or less, and you know if you do roll, you roll easily. Um, I don't say gently because there's I had a semi uh, jarring roll in that scout once, but um, 
No, you, uh, you're not rolling super hard. So, um, unless you, you know, in the stock class, I'll say, you know, this, the unlimited classes and stuff, they're going up some gnarly stuff and there were some pretty bad tumbles. Um, I knew that the stock class stuff wasn't going to be that bad. So, um, we, uh, went for a little lighter and, uh, it was a good cage cause I rolled on it and it saved me once and it didn't bend or anything weird like that. So I'm okay with that. Um, what else was in there? So we built it with a 196 out of 800, um, had a 727 that was really built. We had that thing built heavy duty so that it would hold the gears and hand, you know, could handle handle the abuse of competition crawling. Uh, had a low, the low gear set RV planetary set put in it. So some of the 727s and the RVs uh, had a lower uh, range first gear, lower gear set planetary. So that we put that in. Um, had a rear, had a uh, full manual reverse pattern valve body. So it, uh, you know, you could shift it. So instead of being drive two one, like a stock Scout two pattern was, it goes one two three, so that you could be, you know, first gear was. So you could go from first to reverse really easily. Uh, you file the gate out of neutral, and then you could go, you know, first to reverse if you were about to roll over or do something crazy or whatever. You could back out in a hurry. So, um, so that 727 had a full manual valve body, so it would hold first gear no matter what. It was like a man. You could damn near kill the engine if you stood on the brakes, and it was in first gear. <clears throat> and then it had a, a Dana 300. So it had a round pattern tail shaft on it, uh, you know, the Jeep or AMC um, tail shaft on the 727, and then a Dana 300 out of a Jeep. And uh, we had Damien, I can't pronounce his last name, Grahalva, I don't know, the old owner of DNC Extreme from way back in the day. Um, he sent us this, ca this case. Um, in you know sponsorship so to speak um and it was a jeep 300 with a four to one kit in it so we had five 13s in the axles and uh so this thing was slow this was a great crawler like it really the the drivetrain wise i think you couldn't ask for a better setup when you're doing a budget and I'm using that lightly because I just described like $6,000 worth of upgrades, but, um, you know, a budget crawler. So four to one in the 300, the low gear set first in the locked up 727, that 196, the 196 was fuel injected. Uh, it was one of the very first, um, four cylinder setups that Bill Hamilton worked on and he didn't actually work on it. He, was in Italy still in the service and was helping us remotely and uh, 
you know, I think he had done one before in Texas or something before he left, but we went through a lot of um, trial and error and a lot of correspondence with him. A lot of chips got burnt and sent back and forth um, before we finally got it dialed in. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was quite the learning experience. But it also helped me learn. So when I set up my 152 in my 80, because it was injected also. Um, I already had it, a good idea of what needed to happen. So, um, so that 196, it was a great combination. The thing wheels great. Uh, a guy named Tony Sweet owns the Scout now, <clears throat> and um, you know it's just a, it's a great little rig. Um, he wheels the hell out of it. Uh, I think he just rolled it this weekend again. I don't know. I I saw some pictures of it on Facebook, and it looked kind of chewed up, but. Um, what else did we do to it? Oh, so I, I cut the rockers out, which probably, uh, was against the rules, but I ended up cutting the rockers out and putting in, um, box tubing and I put them in at an angle. So it kind of boat sided the rocker, um, which helped a lot too. I remember we hit some pretty big rocks. They, the stock class... They sent you through some serious shit back then. I remember, like, being pretty intimidated by the rocks that we needed to get through because, yeah, it was just... I hadn't wheeled anything like that before, so... Um, seeing it was was something else. The truck was just minimal, of course. You know, no doors, no tailgate, no top, no windshield frame. You know, because they were... The rules said if it, you could unbolt it, you could, uh, except for the hood. The hood was that you had to have an enclosed engine compartment for safety and whatnot, and that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, we took off everything that we could. We took out the saddle tanks, put um, a cell in the bed, uh, a small one. It was like eight gallons or something. Uh, Should have went smaller uh, looking back, but... You know, it's what it is. Um, but, you know, there were... I think the rules said you had to have working brake lights and working headlights, I believe. There was something in the rules about electrical systems. So, you know, we put the, the headlights and the brake lights were just hardwired in. There was no wiring in this thing. We took the dash out, just put in some shitty gauges. We didn't have... We didn't monitor the engine hardly at all. Um... Because it just, I don't know, why? Why do you need a speedometer? Why do you need a voltmeter? Why do you need, you know, a lot of these courses we could get through in, you know, there was a time time limit anyways, but you could get through them in three or four minutes. Even if the alternator wasn't charging, normally the battery would keep the truck running because there were no electrical draw other than the FI system. So... You know, it just didn't matter. We were going for simplicity and light, lightness. Um, and it worked because in the end, that Scout on 35s uh, with a full fuel cell and, you know, operating condition. No, you know, of course it didn't carry. There were no spares or anything like that. This is stripped down 196, 727, Dana 300, Dana 44 is front and rear minimal shit 
Uh, I remember the last time it scaled, I want to say it scaled at 3,300 pounds, which for a scout, uh, that's pretty light. Um, that's, that's real light. I think from the factory, the, the original dealer paperwork says a, an 80 in full trim weighed 4,000 or like 3,900 depending. Um, so to go to heavier axles, bigger tires, roll cage, you know, that kind of stuff and still drop, be under the weight that much. Um, I was, I was pretty happy with, um, you know, looking back, there's some things that I would have done differently from the beginning. Like I talked about going to the Chevy Springs, um, I would have added bump stops to keep the springs from getting out of control like they did. Um, I probably would have added a limit strap because we ate some shocks. The shocks ended up being the limit straps and you can't have that. Um, and I would have built a traction bar early on. That traction bar would have saved the rear springs quite a bit and it would have helped the truck um, hook up better. We had a problem with the rear end. Instead of it propelling the truck forward, it would just wrap the springs up uh, and then ruin them, of course, because it would just kink them, essentially. And the front would try its hardest to pull. You know, it would pull and pull, but it just didn't work um, for whatever reason. It just... The rear end would just twist up and not propel us forward. So, um, yeah, I ended up putting a traction bar on it later and that helped a lot like it solved everything and it felt stupid for not doing one sooner but uh yeah i would have done that probably would have um i don't know you know that that's those two things are probably the biggest the biggest things i would have done differently uh if I could have afforded it, it would have been nice to add bead locks. Um, and what else? You know, a better competition rated tire. Uh, you know, I think that Scout with some red labels, if they made them in 35s, which I don't think they did, but if they had, you know, if somebody had a sticky tire in a 35, that would have been fucking sweet as well. Um, but. But regardless, the Scout was a excellent little wheeler. It did well. It was just beat up enough that we didn't care about running it into shit. Uh, and we ran it into a lot of shit. Um, you know, just, just used it. Used it hard. You know, and after I got out of the sport and I let Carl have it, I just gave it back. I mean, I just kind of gave up my my half, my interest in it, so to speak. Because uh, I had a lot of money in, in it as well. Carl did too. Um, we both put a fair amount of our paychecks into it. Um, and I hauled it everywhere. Every tournament, every competition, every wheeling event, every fun run, I towed it with my truck. You know, I went everywhere. And Carl and I used it as an excuse to work on our spotting and our driving abilities and whatnot. And, and um, you know, it was fun, but uh, in the end, I just gave it to Carl and said, you know, you can just do whatever you want with it. 
So uh, he wheeled it some. There's some. He took it to Natchez, Washington, a few times and played with it at Browns camp. And then he ended up selling it to a lady. She wheeled it briefly, and then it sat in her garage. And then um, Tony Sweet ended up with it. I would have liked to have bought it because it was it was sold pretty cheap, if I remember right. And I would have liked to have had it back, um, but it just wasn't in the cards. So uh, so Tony got it. He's done some more mods. Uh, he narrowed the front end, uh, cleaned up the FI system, cleaned up the wiring, you know, changed a few things here and there. Um, but otherwise, it's still the the heart that it was that we put together. So um, I'm glad that he's using it now. I don't know if Tony's going to be at King of the Hammers or not. He might be. I'm not going to be there, unfortunately, but uh, he'll be down there using the hell out of it, I'm sure. He Tony just moved to Utah, so I know he'll be all over Moab with it and, and everything else. So it makes me feel good that I can build a rig like that that's durable and can continue to get used um, and, and loved like that. So anyway, um, so yeah, that's how we built a competition rock crawler out of a abandoned free scout. <laughs> so, you know, I encourage people to do the same thing. If they come across a, a cheaper free truck, don't just throw it away. You know, maybe maybe find another home for it, find another purpose. But anyway, hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast. Um, and I guess that is it. So I am Dan from the Binder Boneyard. Until next time. <laughs>